I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 418. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. The other day on the way to church, my husband and I were discussing lyrics. Specifically, we were having a conversation about hymns versus contemporary Christian music and discussing the pros and cons of both. And many of the well-written hymns of old taught the doctrines of the church. Back in the day, there were many parishioners who could not read, and so much of the theology they got was from their music at church. Now, my contention is that we have the same issue today. Not that Christians can't read, but that they don't. So they too get their theology, what they believe about God, from the songs they sing in church on Sunday or that they listen to on the radio. And I pose the question, if the only thing people remember from the service on Sunday is what is included in the lyrics they sing, I wonder what they would know about God. Now, lucky for us, on that particular Sunday, our worship team sang Charity Gale's song, Thank You, Jesus, for the Blood, an amazing song that spells out our sinful state in the entire gospel message. I can't wait to use this song to inspire us to discover and meditate on an area of scripture we might not normally gravitate toward. But before we dive in, let's listen. My friend Vince over at thebereantest.com reviewed this song recently, and I highly encourage you to check out his resources. He has a set matrix to review songs, but even better than that, he lists out scriptures to that you can explore on your own that connect to the lyrics. So if you've ever wanted to break apart a song lyric by lyric and connect it to scripture, his website is an invaluable resource in that process. So the combination of singing this song in church that Sunday loving it, then reading Vince's review convinced me to feature this song this week. And of course, it didn't hurt that I'm reading through the book of Leviticus in my Bible reading plan. If you want a section of scripture that talks about blood, Leviticus is your go-to book of the Bible. (laughs) There's a lot of blood. And I read a blog post this week that referred to Leviticus as the most exciting book you've never read. (laughs) And there's a few reasons for that, I think. First of all, we're not sure how all of it matters to us. And of course, that's how we've been trained to read our Bibles, right? What's in it for us? And when it's not immediately obvious, it's easy to put down. 
Also, we're not really trained on how to read it. And I've learned a lot about how to read the Bible from some trusted go-to resources. I'm going to link to some of them in the show notes. Books like How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by Fee and Stewart. And then the written audio and video resources produced by The Bible Project. Those are two of my favorites. And then there's always more to learn that just changes the way you read scripture. For example, I learned this week that Leviticus is written in a chiastic structure. What is that? Well, it's a literary structure that is best displayed, I would say, like in a pinnacle V shape, but like a triangle. So like an upside down V, like a triangle that follows the line from the bottom left up to the pinnacle and then back down to the low point on the right. So A to B to, to the pinnacle to then then down the other side B to A. So each side of the the triangle or each side of the upside down V uh, mirrors the themes on the other. So why would an author use this structure? Well, it highlights a central or main point by use of reverse repetition. And it's used in the Bible a lot, a lot more than I realize. And that's because the ancient Hebrews were people with an oral tradition. So chiastic structure in a story or lesson provides like a rhythm and it aids tremendously in memorization and retention. So Leviticus follows this chiastic structure by starting with rituals, then progressing to priests, then purity, the pinnacle is the a day of atonement, and then back down the other side, back to priests, I'm sorry, back to purity, then priests, and then ending with rituals. So again, you've got, you know, your A, B, C, and then the pinnacle is day of, uh, day of atonement, C, B, A, down the other side. So just knowing this structure exists kind of makes me want to go back and read it again with that in mind. I'm hoping it will change the way that you read Leviticus. And I also think the structure will give us new focus in reading the text first for the content. So in order to read Leviticus for yourself, I encourage you to take a couple of bites. B-I-T-E, Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. These are the habits that I use on my own every week, and then I share with you exactly what I do. So the very first thing I did, the first bite I took this week was to consult an overview of the book. I recommend your study Bible Or, as I mentioned before, the Bible Project videos um, highlight, in fact, the one on Leviticus actually highlights the chiastic structure I just talked about. They didn't use upside down V. They kind of used like a bowl. But you'll you'll be able to see it. You'll see. And he doesn't use the word chiastic structure in his in the short video. But that's what it is. So uh, the other thing I want you to do is to read Leviticus in larger chunks or take the bite of read and keep on reading. Now, my friend Keith Farron over at KeithFarron.com, he changed the way I read the Bible through. I did several years of rapid Bible read through with Keith and um, a group that we all did it together. But he suggests rather than reading a set of chapters or verses that you would set a timer or um, set a time on the clock, read for a set period of time, 30 minutes, something like that. I think this practice will help you read larger chunks of Leviticus and then ultimately get through the entire book, which is what I hope you will do. So today we're going to focus in on the pinnacle of Leviticus, which is the Day of Atonement. And I wish I, I wish we could just walk through the book hand in hand. I know that you can do it for yourself, but I would love to do it together. But even if you don't understand everything you're reading, you're going to be building a foundation of biblical literacy, understanding what the Bible says, 
and that will eventually lead to biblical fluency, being able to describe it in your own words. And the Holy Spirit can build upon that in your life. None of your efforts in the Holy Word of God will be wasted. So consider every moment that you read for yourself an investment, uh, and an uh, investment that the Holy Spirit will be able to use in the future. So when you read Leviticus 16 for yourself, you will see all of the details of the Day of Atonement. This was a day to be remembered and rehearsed each year. And by a special sacrifice, the sins for an entire year were covered or atoned for. So atonement is is covering, okay? The high priest would sacrifice a bull to first purify himself and his family, and then two goats were involved in the sacrifice for the people. One was killed and its blood was applied to the mercy seat, and the other was sent off into the wilderness. It was called the scapegoat. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this on the details, but this is just, this, this is the overview. All right, so let's read it together. I want to start in verse 15. So at this point, Aaron, the high priest, has already made a sacrifice to purify himself so that he could go behind the inner curtain into the Holy of Holies. Verse 15 of Leviticus 16. Then Aaron must slaughter the first goat as a sin offering for the people and carry its blood behind the inner curtain. There he will sprinkle the goat's blood over the atonement cover. Now, one of your translations, whatever, depending on the translation you use, it might call it the mercy seat. And in front of it, just as he did with the bull's blood, verse 16, through this process, he will purify the most holy place and he will do the same for the entire tabernacle because of the defiling sin and rebellion of the Israelites. No one else is allowed inside the tabernacle, and when Aaron uh, when Aaron enters it for the purification ceremony in the most holy place, no one may enter until he comes out again after purifying himself, his family, and all the congregation of Israel, making them right with the Lord. All right, so as not to leave you in the dark as to the significance of the Day of Atonement described in Leviticus, I want you to read this in conjunction with Hebrews chapter 9 chapters 9 and 10. For example, listen to this from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. All right, so all the things that you read about in Leviticus are a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come. That's why it's important to read the Old Testament, even the repetitive, bloody, difficult parts. Let's back up to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but when you read this for yourself, I want you to read Leviticus, and then I want you to read Hebrews, and you'll be able to see. But back in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. So remember, Aaron was the high priest, but Christ is the perfect high priest. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands, And is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption 
forever. When we read about Aaron, the high priest, he is a dim shadow of the perfect high priest, Jesus Christ. When we read about the tabernacle and all the things included there, we recognize that they were dim shadows of all that would be fulfilled in Christ. When we read about the blood applied in the Old Testament, we recognize it as a dim shadow of the beautiful picture that is fulfilled in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied because it has secured our redemption forever. All right, let's keep reading. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. You're going to read about that when you read Leviticus for yourself. Verse 14, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ himself offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood applied to purify me, not in a ceremonial way, but a very real way that leads to holy worship. And thank you, Jesus, for your blood applied that I may receive the eternal inheritance God has promised, free from the penalty of my sins. You will notice when you read in Leviticus, and specifically on this day of atonement, that the sacrifice purified the tabernacle itself, not just the people. And listen to what the the author of Hebrews teaches us on this matter. Uh, Verse 24 of chapter 9. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands. He's talking about the tabernacle here, here, which is where the presence of God dwelled. Uh, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered again. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. Verse 25. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, He has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for the the blood applied once and for all. Hebrews 10.10 says, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. We are made holy by the blood of Christ once for all time, once and for all. The author of Hebrews continues in in verse 11 of chapter 10. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. So over and over, we read that the old covenant, that under the old covenant, the sins were covered, but they were never removed. Under the new covenant, because of Christ's sacrifice, sin is removed forever. 
All right, let's go back to Leviticus 16 for a minute. I hope I'm not giving you whiplash. Verse 20, when Aaron has finished purifying the most holy place and the tabernacle and the altar, he must present the live goat. He will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all the wickedness, rebellion, and sins of the people of Israel. In this way, he will transfer the people's sins to the head of the goat. Then a man specially chosen for the task will drive the goat into the wilderness. As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. So remember, there were two goats, one that the high priest sacrificed and one that is known as the scapegoat. It was on the second goat that the sins of the people were placed and removed from the camp. Once again, this is a foreshadowing of what Christ did for us. He has removed our sins forever, not temporarily like the annual scapegoat, but forever. Hebrews 10, 18, and when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Now, there's one last thing I want to mention before we wrap up our conversation today, and that is the mercy seat. Some translations call it the place of atonement. We mentioned that earlier. Inside the Holy of Holies, or the most holy place, was the Ark of the Covenant. And this was a chest that contained a few things. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 4 tells us, it says, Inside the Ark was a gold, were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. I'm going to link to an article by gotquestions.org in the show notes. It's going to give you the scripture references to when and why God instructed those items to be placed in the Ark of the Covenant. And that's really an interesting place to explore as well. But on top of the ark was a lid called the mercy seat on which rested the cloud or visible symbol of God's presence. It's here that God was supposed to be seated. And from this place, he was supposed to dispense mercy to man when the blood of the atonement was sprinkled there. And from another article that I read, it says this, in a manner of speaking, the mercy seat concealed the people of God from the ever condemning judgment of the law. Isn't that interesting? So it was what was in between man and the stone tablets or the tablets of the covenant, the law. Each year on the day of atonement, the high priest entered the Holy of Holies and sprinkled the blood of animals sacrificed for the atonement of the sins of God's people. This blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat. And the point conveyed by this imagery is that it is only through the offering of blood that the condemnation of the law could be taken away and violations of God's laws covered. It's just so beautiful. So now when you read it, you'll understand maybe just a little bit more of what you're reading and what it was pointing to. I just love that picture, don't you? The mercy seat was between us and the condemnation we deserved as highlighted by the law that we could never keep perfectly. And the blood applied means that the condemnation of the law is taken away and our violations are covered and paid for, never to be held against us again. Uh, It's just too beautiful to comprehend, but I hope you'll try. (laughs) So what's next? Well, read Leviticus for yourself. You know you need a reason. Use this episode as your reason to roll up your sleeves and read it. But read it as it's written with its chiastic structure in mind. You can't see me. I'm, I'm, you know, starting at the bottom, pointing up to the top and coming back down the mountain uh, of the chiastic structure. Go ahead and consult the Bible Project video to understand that structure better before diving in. And then when you finish reading Leviticus with the Day of Atonement as its pinnacle, dive into Hebrews 9 and 10 to see Christ as the final sacrifice and then sing along with Charity Gale 
Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Now, while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellenizat.com. At Michelle Nizat is my handle on Twitter or Instagram. Michelle L. Nizat is my public Facebook page. We can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. I would be honored if you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss uh, an episode. But if you sign up on my website at michellenizat.com, then I'm able to email you once a week with the show notes. All the scriptures I use, I write out, type out for you. I have live links to the resources that I've used in my personal study. Anything that I talk about on the episode are included in those show notes, and I email them to you every Monday morning so that they are conveniently in your inbox. Now, my featured free resource for email subscribers this week is an archive of my interactive worksheets that I have created for various podcasts over the years. You can find them all in one place in my newly uh, curated archive that I've just created. You'll gain exclusive access to that archive when you subscribe to my email list at michellenizat.com. Now, with that in mind, I want to thank my newest subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Esther from Taiwan, Raphael from New York, Shirley from Alaska, and Jane from North Carolina. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellenizat.com, through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And you can leave a review by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using For the Good by Riley Clemens. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 418. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.